It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Starting to see the sun rise. It's going to be a beautiful Saturday morning. Good morning, the Saturday before Christmas. Are you ready? Are you going to be stressed out? Are you running around doing your holiday shopping today? I've heard from many men who did start about a week ago online and thought they were doing good. They were ahead of schedule and then they ran into problems online. So then they called me and they're like, ah, I was looking for this for my wife and it's not available online. Tell me where I can find it. So uh, I may get some of those messages in the next few days. And we're getting a little close. I don't know if I can help you at this point. But I hope you are uh, having a restful holiday or at least plans for a restful holiday. You know, I love this show. I've been doing it since February. Have a great time. I was just sitting on the couch the other day as I was recovering from being a little sick. Uh, looking at my day runner for 2021. And do you know that I have stuff plotted out from January until at least June uh, for the show for next year? A lot of new exciting things in the hopper for green and growing in 2021. And I can't wait. And in 2020, I have had fantastic people that have been a part of the show. And you're going to hear from one of those gentlemen in just a moment. But I wanted to tell you, um, I posted something on the Facebook page. I always want to direct you that way. Green and growing WSB. It's what you need to look up on Facebook and you find my page. Uh, My husband and I were sitting at the breakfast table the other day and when it really started to get cold, birds going crazy at the bird feeder. I mean, at one point we counted up to 14 finches all at once, whether they were on the feeder, on the handrail of the deck waiting their turn, on the pole that the feeder is hanging from, they were just going crazy. So it's very important to keep those clean, keep them full during the cold uh, winter months. And I found a great article from Georgia State's Uh, Georgia State Parks and Historic Sites, Georgia State Parks, uh, they had a great article about seeds for the birds, what kind of birds you want to attract, what kind of seeds you need, and also what utility they like the best. If they're ground feeders, if they like feeding from a table or a hanging feeder, that kind of thing. So I shared that link from georgiastateparks.org. You may want to check that out. And a reminder, too, speaking of 2021, We had a great show uh, last winter, early spring, uh, talking about the great backyard bird count in which every year people from all around the world come together to watch and learn about and count birds. So I'm still going to be uh, partaking in that, as I hope you are, February 12th through the 15th, so not too far away. All right, without further ado, I wanted you to hear from someone special today about a gem in the city of Atlanta, a really good research, uh, resource for all of us and kind of recapping the year that Piedmont Park has had. Mark Banta, president and CEO of the Piedmont Park Conservancy. Good morning. Hey, Ashley. Good morning. Thanks for having me on and telling the story of Piedmont Park and what it's done through this crazy 2020. You know, I thought I thought about that. Of all things, so many things had to shut down or slow down And I thought 2020, one thing that thrived, other than nurseries and greenhouses and things like that, was Piedmont Park. It saw so much foot traffic this year. It was a great respite for people in a stressful year. So I thought, you know what? Let's get a report from Mark about the year that you guys had and maybe hopefully some perks that we can look forward to in 2021, too. But what was it like? It's it is unbelievable. I still remember uh, when things began to lock down because it was right there at my birthday in March. And Ashley, it was incredible. Even some of the surrounding municipalities and cities and counties, 
began closing their parks. Mm. And uh, so what happened? Everybody came to the regional park, Piedmont Park. And so we saw a significant uptick in leisure visitors through the entire week. So all the weekdays began to look like the former weekends. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, the festivals weren't able to run, but it didn't matter. And, you know, even people that were uh, rightfully nervous about, you know, being safe and, and wearing masks and social distancing, they could do that because Piedmont Park is so big. And so why there was a little bit of bad press around the crowding on the Beltline, uh, you know, Piedmont Park and some of the other big parks in Atlanta were tremendous success to provide this health and uh, healthy and safe uh, respite for people to get out and exercise and clear their mind. I, I think there would have been a lot more divorces if folks couldn't <laughs> have gotten out of the house and just stretched their legs. Or even some of our dogs. I mean, I'm telling you, some of oh, our yeah. pets were like, cool, they're home. And then by week four, they're like, Oh, my gosh, I just want to take naps all day. Get out of the house, human. So at least taking them out for walks, too, it was mental health for, for our pets as well. So, Indeed. Well, what kind of did it put a strain on your staff to have, you know, maybe tens of thousands more visitors than normal? Yeah. Yeah. See, it's such an ironic story. It's a good news, but also kind of rough story for the conservancy that helps take care of Piedmont Park. As visitation went up, we had people that had never visited here before, and so they didn't kind of know, hey, you're supposed to take your trash out with you. So we had to almost, um, not quite triple, but more than double the amount of trash and recycling cans. Uh, we b put up a lot of extra signage to remind people to socially distance and wear their mask and also pack it in, pack it out. Uh, so the, the team didn't get any bigger. The resources shrank because we lost uh, all the revenue from our fundraisers and from our, well, not all the fundraisers, but from um, our programming our, mm -hmm. and, and, our, and our facility rentals, which is such a huge part of our revenue stream. So we lost all that because we couldn't do it, but we had the increased expenses of people coming and enjoying the park, which we loved. It was a good, good new situation there. And we weren't able to do splish, splash, doggy. <laughs> splish, splash, doggy bash. Yeah. Say that fast, real fast on right? a Saturday morning. My favorite event, if I'm honest, I'm not supposed to have favorites, but I love watching the interaction of the dogs <laughs> and the humans uh, in a swimming pool environment. But hopefully we can bring that back next year, too. Can't wait. So we will talk uh, in just a moment maybe about some plans for 2021. But I wanted to share with you, Mark, uh, earlier in the year, I did an interview with Campbell Cassab of Zoo Atlanta mm -hmm. and Erica Glazner, who is at the uh, Piedmont Park Conservancy with you. And y'all joined forces with Zoo Atlanta for their browse program, providing, you know, what would be otherwise just brush or things you discard from the park and getting it over to the zoo pretty quickly. And it fed the gorillas and it fed the elephants and things like that. So that was a really neat partnership. And in that interview uh, from over the summer, I am going to replay that next Saturday because it's just such a neat little partnership and highlights some of the great work that you all do with some of the nonprofits around the city. Are there any other really cool programs like that? Maybe I want to dig a little bit deeper and feature those too. Yeah, it is. I mean, we, we have a wonderful partnership with Trees Atlanta. Trees Atlanta works all around uh, Atlanta, obviously. Uh, and they're not supposed to have favorites either, but I know they love Piedmont Park and, and having it as a, a canvas to put in so many of the recompense trees. Uh, we just did a big tree planting uh, this past uh, Thursday oh, wow. uh, and put in 14 nice trees. Uh, 
with the help of Trees Atlanta and our volunteers. Uh, but we also partner with the Audubon, uh, Atlanta Audubon, and they may have changed the name, so forgive me if I didn't get that exactly right. But there's many, many different entities. Um, we have a, a partnership with Berry College uh, and the and the Coyote uh, Project. Huh. Uh, there's <laughs> there's so much going on behind the scenes that people don't even know happen there in Piedmont Park. But our website's always a wonderful. Uh, a wonderful resource to help tell that story. So encourage people to look at our website uh, when they're interested, piedmontpark.org, pretty simple. Yeah. But got lots of things happening. And when people want to know are things open or closed, it basically it's open. But if they want to know what things are happening, uh, that's a great resource. You know, Barry College, I think of the, I think it was an eagle cam that mm-hmm. they had, you know, and you can watch the eagles and coyotes, that's really funny, but that is probably something that is being studied right now, not only in Georgia, but just vast parts of the southeast, because you figure all of the construction and the disruption to those habitats, and yep. you know, coyotes and deer and things like that kind of running out of places to live. Nine out of 10 people would not guess that we have had uh, that we have white-tailed deer or coyotes in Piedmont Park, uh, but we've got videos of them, so they do exist. And uh, there, it's amazing how adaptable those creatures are. You know, I got to tell you, I I did not drive for a number of weeks when I was under the weather, and got in the car Monday morning. I had to come into work very early to do uh, <laughs> WSB TV traffic. Mark Aram's on vacation, so I was on five seventy five a little earlier than normal. And two coyotes ran right in front of me. I mean, luckily they were going at a pretty good clip. I didn't hit them, but they ran yeah. across five seventy five at Barrett Parkway. And I thought, man, they're they're on a mission. These two coyotes. And then lo and behold, yesterday morning, same two guys. So now I'm starting to call them Will and Fred. They're just chilling on the shoulder of 575, and they're just, like, watching traffic go by, and I could almost hear the conversation between the two of them. You know, I think they live right there around Barrett Parkway and 575, so that kind of gave me something to look forward to, hoping to see those guys again. That's fun. Some of the great things you do and the partnerships, you're right, you highlighted Trees Atlanta, which we talked about earlier in the show, Atlanta Audubon and Barry College. And also, I do want to make folks aware, like you have alluded to, Mark, you all need volunteers. You need funding. You have fundraisers. So one of your largest annual fundraisers, and correct me if I'm wrong, there is the Landmark Lunch, and that wasn't able to actually be held in person this past year. But yeah. talk about the importance of that as a fundraiser for you. Yeah, it's it's one of our big ones, and we're still debating. I mean, everybody's watching the development and release of the vaccine, uh, now the release of the vaccine, and how that will impact uh, what is and isn't able to be done. But Landmark Luncheon is just a gathering of, of amazing uh, supporters, and um, we always have a really cool speaker. This past year, we did it virtually. Uh, uh, the lady that runs the City Parks Alliance, Catherine Nagel, did a virtual talk for us and just talked about the importance of big city parks like Piedmont Park. But it was a success. Um, it was well received. We did get donations, and of course, some of the expenses were uh, eliminated, not paying for the big right. tent and all the meals. But you you touched on something so critical. We can't do it. A lot of people mistakenly think that it's festivals, which you know are wonderful, but none of those contribute to the maintenance and upkeep of the park. It's all the the fundraising, the membership, the volunteerism uh, that people give Piedmont Park and Piedmont Park Conservancy that keeps it the place that it is. You know, a, a big news nugget item on your website, Mark, and this is pretty nice. People that love Piedmont Park, they're native Atlantans. They have such great memories there. They still bring their families there. 
Y'all have announced that an anonymous donor is matching all gifts up to $75,000 given through the end of the year, through December 31st. So people's money is doubled if they make a donation and become yep. a member of the Piedmont Park Conservancy. Up to $75,000. It's, it's yeah. an amazing thing. And we've, we've had folks step up. It's not surprising for people that always know and love, but people that discovered us through this uh, COVID year, people that didn't hadn't been for a long time, maybe they, they were out in the suburbs, they hadn't been down and seen how beautiful and how well-kept and how well-programmed all the amazing pivots that our programming team has done, offering online resources uh, for teachers. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's, it's just an amazing resource and one that we could take for granted if folks don't um, understand really how it works. And we appreciate our city partners, but they're limited in what they can do. So they look to the conservancy and the amazing uh, volunteers, donors, and supporters, the philanthropic community to help keep uh, the conservancy running and, the, and Piedmont Park the place that it is. Well, maybe sooner rather than later, we'll keep up with the website and see some events start to pop up for all of you in 2021. Mark Banta, President and CEO of the Piedmont Park Conservancy. Give out that website one more time. It's piedmontpark.org. Pretty straightforward. I love it. Well, Mark, I look forward to a very busy and successful year for you in 2021, and I'm glad you took the time out today. Merry Christmas, my friend. Thank you so much, Ashley. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. All right. We'll be in touch. And most of you remember, you've heard Mark on the show a couple of times with me earlier when the show began back in the spring. Mark is is a great horticulturalist, too. He can answer some questions, like, with the best of them. So we'll look forward to having Mark back on. All right, 820, you're listening to Green and Growing. We'll be back with the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend. Stay tuned to WSB. It has not warmed up since 5.30 this morning. It's still 31 degrees on Peachtree Street, but looking at a high of 52 today and the same around the low 50s for tomorrow, but a chance for scattered showers tomorrow. The weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Green and Growing! Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. I love that Mark Banta was just talking about Piedmont Park's relationship with Trees Atlanta because they're on my top three list today. If you've been wanting a new tree for the front yard, you don't know what to put there. You just haven't had time to shop for one. Trees Atlanta debuted a new yard tree program. It may be available to you if you live in DeKalb County or the city of Atlanta. Property owners are eligible to have trees planted in the front yard at little or no cost, but you got to do a little bit of a research application process. Visit treesatlanta.org slash yardtree to find out more. Number two, while you're keeping up covering your plants, I'm uh, giving you some alternative ideas, maybe something that's a little more cold tolerant that you wouldn't think. Palms. According to the UGA Extension, Windmill, Needle, and Dwarf Palmetto, they can withstand temps down to about 10 degrees. So why not think about that? And number three, we've talked a little bit about Leland Cypress. If you have to prune them back in Arborvitae just because they get too big or there's some browning in there, never remove more than 20% per growing season. That stands for all trees. And every cut you make back to a branch or to the trunk, don't shear it. Don't leave a stub. All right, 830, we're going to hear from Pike Nursery. Last-minute Christmas gift ideas. Get your pen and paper ready. I'm Ashley Frasca. You're listening to Green and Growing on WSB.
Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Between this Saturday and next Saturday, my final two shows of 2020, it's gotten me thinking about just how grateful I am for a really fun year. Like this time last year, had you told me I'd be hosting a radio show, I wouldn't have believed you just because that was never my intention when getting hired here at WSB. I just, I've usually produced behind the scenes and done news and traffic and stuff like that. Never came to my boss and was like, I want my own show. Well, what about, well, I don't know. I just want my own show. No, never was that me. So, um, but it seemed natural. I mean, working with Walter Reeves for eight years and learning so much from him and having a passion for gardening and being outside as well, it just seemed like a good fit. So sorry that uh, today and next Saturday, you're just going to hear me kind of be, um, you know, reminiscent of the year. And one of the big supporters of the show, and we couldn't have the show without them, is Pike Nursery, too. So my thanks have gone out to so many of the guests and the garden experts that I've had on as well. But what a good relationship Desiree Hyman, you and I, and, and WSB has had with Pike Nursery. I mean, this has really made the job seem easier for me because I have y'all's backing and I have your support. So I'm very grateful for that. Thank you. Good morning. Well, we are grateful for you as well. It has certainly been a fun year. I think we've all learned a lot in the garden and about life in general. So yes, we are happy to have that partnership with you and get to talk to you every Saturday morning. Yes, indeed. And we had a caller earlier in the show too, who kind of uh, touched on the highlights of 2020 really for the gardening industry and nurseries Mm -hmm. as a whole. What a great strong year all of you have had, which is so promising and reassuring to me that we got more folks interested in gardening and that, you know, slowed life down and took the time and learned this year probably than any other year other than in, you know, a war year or a depression year. I mean, this has been a wonderful year for inviting new gardeners to the table, hasn't it? It really has. And, you know, we always talk about the joy of the garden. And this year we saw it more than ever as people just wanted something calming and peaceful and to connect with nature and slow down in our gardens served that place for so many of us in those moments when you know the world was really chaotic but you know suddenly you're planting something and the sun is shining on you and it's just such a good feeling so yeah you know it's, it's through the hard times that sometimes we reconnect with the, the little simple things in life I love that. And was there ever a point, you know, in the spring or summer, kind of when the the pandemic first was coming on, say April, May, June, that you guys kind of had to sit down and redo an inventory list, so to speak, because you ran out of some things that you usually don't run out of? Did that happen? It did at times. So obviously, you know, spring is the heart of the gardening season in the South. And at that point in time is when we had opted to close our stores as we didn't know what was going on. And you know, we went to all online sales, and it was definitely an interesting time and a lot of very patient uh, customers as we went back and forth with them to make sure that they still got their perfect tomatoes that they wanted to, you know, make their salads or BLTs or whatever they were making. So, it, you know, there was definitely an interesting year, and, you know, everyone has been so great and patient. And then when we're able to open up our stores again, obviously with some some added safety, everyone has just been fantastic, and it's just such a positive atmosphere of, you know, people looking for flowers and growing your own herbs and vegetables has been a very big trend this year and will continue to be, and, you know, we'll 
we can even be planting some now. Absolutely. Yeah. We talked about Piedmont Park just a little bit ago about being a reprieve and I'm sure Pike Nurseries, you know, the sores were for a lot of folks as well. So congratulations to all the gardeners who just discovered Pike Nursery this year and who have started gardens and trying new things. I commend you guys because I know it's intimidating and I know it's tricky, but you know what else is tricky, Desiree, is the week before Christmas because you go into panic mode. Some of you thought so far (laughs) out in October, you're like, I got this. I got my Christmas gifts. I've already started shopping. But, you know, the men in our lives sometimes wait till even Christmas Eve uh, to go ahead and grab those wonderful Christmas gifts. And that's kind of what you and I wanted to talk about today. So many gift ideas for the non-gardener, really. I mean, if you're a non-gardener walking into Pike Nursery, we can direct you to stuff that make great gifts for folks who are gardeners. So kind of what what do y'all have in the store for folks to browse, you know, around for? Yeah, so we have all sorts of great gifts. And I think the fun part is we can really make them super unique. And it'll look like you have been planning it for weeks. So it won't look like a last minute gift. So some of our favorite ideas are creating a basket. So you can take one of our pots, or we have actual kind of garden baskets as well, and then fill it with the things that you think your loved one will want. So if you want to go a garden theme, it's fun to have one kind of taller item that's a plant. So a rosemary would be great if they like to cook or they want to plant something outside. Or also a house plant like a peace lily mm. is great to put into that basket. And then you can fill it with all sorts of fun things, whether that's hand gloves, some hand tools, some garden seeds that they'll be planting uh, in about a month here. And just kind of mix and match and really make it your own. And you can use that same kind of concept if you have someone who loves watching birds. And that's also been a trend that we've seen a lot this past year is people kind of getting into birding and they're spending more time at home and they're seeing these birds going, well, what is this? Let me learn a little bit more. So create a birding basket. So once again, create a pot or a basket, and then you can put bird seed in there. We have our pike special mix, which attracts the most wide range of birds. Um, especially winter, it's a great time to add some food, bird food to your garden as there's not as many just with plants and nature, etc. You can also do some suet in that basket. I'm obviously a bird feeder. So kind of a fun, you know, basket idea, whether garden or doing birds. Um, another great item that I don't think enough people have on their front porch is a wind chime. And we have a really unique selection of wind chimes. And they're fun. So they're all handmade in the U.S. by a skilled artisan. But what's kind of a fun fact is each one is hand-tuned. So they sound just a little bit different. So it's kind of, it's a beautiful item to add to the porch. You know, you can get them in a box. So it's really easy to gift. But it also kind of has that fun, unique, one-of-a-kind story that goes along with it. That's always, you know, fun when you're gifting. They're each hand-tuned. That is really interesting. I'd never Mm -hmm. thought about that. So each one sounds just a little different, huh? Right. And it makes sure it has that nice kind of crisp sound. And then the gifts that everyone always loves is the gift card. So whether it's, you know, your mother, your mother-in-law, your, you know, whomever, if they love spending time at Pike Nurseries, and we hope that you have lots of people in your life that do, a gift card is always a great gift. And you can get those at our store. We can do it in any denomination. They come in a card as well, so you can write a little note in there. It comes to envelopes, so all of that comes with it. Or if you, you know, aren't going to see it to someone and you need it sent this year, if you go on our website at pikenursery.com, we now have e-gift cards. So you can literally purchase a gift card. It will be emailed to you in minutes. 
and then your gift is taken care of and you can easily, you know, forward it on to to the recipient. Any denomination, they don't expire. That's a great yeah. idea as a gift card. And of course, some of the stores still have some Christmas themed items items as well. I know when I was in there about two weeks ago, I mean, just beautiful throw pillows with cardinals, like when you're on the side of the store with all the patio furniture, really nice decor and just little accessory items that would be great too. Yeah, we can still help you with kind of some last minute decorating and accents as well. So come on in. We are open from nine to five, uh, you know, daily. And then on Christmas Eve, we are going to close a little early. So it'll be closed at, we'll only be open from nine to three. And then we are closed Christmas Day. But, you know, the next couple of days, come in to see us from nine to five. And we'll be happy to help you with any last minute decorating, Christmas gifts. And of course, if you want to play in the dirt, We've got you for all your garden projects. You know, and I'll give folks an idea, too. I'm not going to reveal the name of the man that was asking me about this, but maybe an herb garden kind of starter kit for his wife, and he's in a panic, Mm -hmm. like, oh, Ashley, what do I do? And I said, you go to Pike Nursery at West Cobb, (laughs) and you've got the seed tray. You've got the seeds. you got the little soil, you know, the the seed mix, which is excellent. And it's just a fun way to go ahead and start your own herbs, growing those inside and getting the kids involved. So also, too, I mean, they can ask a Pike Nursery associate about what do I need for, for you know, my wife wanting to grow an herb garden, yeah. hurry quick. And like like you're saying with the gift basket ideas, just put all these little things together in a gift bag for her and she's got everything she needs to start a little herb garden. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we're here for. I mean, we, we're passionate about gardening. We love to share knowledge. So it's not, it's OK if you're not sure what they need. Give us a few basics, and we'll take it from there and create a really special gift. Perfect. All right. And the e-gift card option, love that. So all of these things can be found at pikenursery.com. Desiree, thank you very, very much for being a big part of the show all year and for your support. And I know we're not going to be talking next Saturday, but uh, we will definitely catch up in 2021. And have a Merry Christmas. Yes, have a Merry Christmas as well. Thank you so much. All right, we'll talk to you soon. So y'all visit Pike Nursery regular hours until Christmas Eve and then squeeze in there between 9 a.m. and 3 and get your shopping done. All right, up next, calling from Swanee, Georgia, it's Joe. He joins us on Green and Growing. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Ashley. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah, what's going on? Merry Christmas. You too. Uh, I have have an oak leaf hydrangea. A fig tree and some knockout roses, and I wondered when and how much I can prune those back. Ah, very good. Okay, so we'll start with the knockout because I love doing that. That kind of gives me some pride doing that. I always do it around uh, Valentine's Day. That is the best time to really severely prune a knockout because you're getting it, you know, before it starts putting on new growth and all of that, and you can reduce knockouts down to about 12 inches high. And then from there, you can kind of start to control the growth. You know, if they're leaning toward the sun, maybe leaning over a walkway or something like that, you can kind of train them as you go. But, yeah, 12 inches back to the ground around Valentine's Day. Oak leaf hydrangea, give me a minute because I'm telling you, I have this mental block. And Mickey Gasway is always listening, and she always (laughs) is telling me, Ashley, you didn't give quite the right advice with the hydrangeas. So oak leaf hydrangeas, I believe that is the same kind of thing where you want to prune them right after they flower because oak leaf just like the macrophylla the big fluffy ones they grow on old wood so they they grow on a you know branch or limb that's already established so if you cut the ones back right after they flower then you're leaving the previous years to put on new flowers for the next year so oak leaf right after they're done blooming go ahead and cut that and the third was a fig is that right joe 
Yes. Uh huh. Now, how big is that? It's pretty large. It's at least 12 feet, 10, 12 feet tall, and it's sprawly. I wanted to sprawls out. Okay, what I would start to do, because they need a few, and blueberry bushes the same way, they need a few leaders. You know, they need a few of those strong limbs coming, or shoots coming out from the base, and then anything else in between is just kind of getting in the way of, of it receiving the sunlight that it needs and the airflow. So I would go ahead and keep some of the really strong leaders, maybe up to 8, 9, 10, and start to prune some of the other ones that just aren't as big around, that, that aren't, you know, they don't have as many leaves on them during the growing season. Start taking those out. Go all the way to the bottom and kind of remove some of those limbs or leaders. Now, if it was the case where you wanted it to branch out a little bit more, in some cases folks want them to be a little more dense and a little more um, you know, a little more leafy, head back the bush. Each spring would be the time to do that um, after the danger of frost is passed and all of that. But before new growth has started, that way when you're doing that in the spring, you're not cutting off any of the new growth that it's removed. But I think for you, just cutting out kind of select limbs from the center is going to get it a little more manageable. Okay. All right. Great. And that way it can yeah. focus the energy on those stronger leaders, those stronger shoots to, you know, produce more fruit. Okay. Yeah, it's on my near my property line, and we didn't plant it, but it was here when we got here. It does well, but it's encroaching on my neighbor's uh, uh, property. So, as it always does, I don't do anything, but I don't even hardly have to water it, but uh, it does really well. Yeah, I mean, they love it. When they get enough sun, they love it. And for folks that do need to fertilize, you know, maybe they don't have as many as they think they should. Early spring about mid-May and mid-July. So I know that seems like a lot, three times within a matter of months. But, um, you know, mature ones like you, you've got maybe just once a year in the early spring. I mean, just throw some fertilizer on it once a year and forget about it because it kind of does the rest on its own. Perfect. All right. Well, Merry Christmas, Joe. I'm glad you called. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you, Ashley. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. I love getting questions like that. I mean, Joe's all about, let's get all three of them taken care of. Let's, Let's prune that knockout in February. Let's wait till the oak leaf hydrangea has finished flowering in the summertime. And then fig trees, those are a little more tricky, but it can be done. 8.50, a few parting thoughts for you before we head out of here and make room for Dave Baker and the Home Fix-It show. Stay tuned. I'm Ashley Frasca, and this is Green and Growing. Thank you, Scott. Ready to make way for Dave Baker and the Home Fix-It Show. 32 degrees in Midtown Atlanta. So today, partly cloudy skies. Highs only in the low 50s. Same for tomorrow, but mostly cloudy with a chance of showers up to about 40% scattered showers throughout Metro Atlanta tomorrow. So maybe get your shopping done today. Or maybe I shouldn't say that because I want to get my shopping done today. So you wait tomorrow till tomorrow, till it's rainy. <laughs> get out in the cold rain, but get that shopping done. And be careful when you're out and about traveling. So I've been busy on the Facebook page this morning as well, kind of keeping up with some of the things we talked about on the show. So a birding checklist based on what Desiree from Pike Nursery was just saying, the idea for a birding basket for someone who's maybe an avid or novice bird watcher, some uh, additional ideas that you could include with that, trying to help you out, giving you some Christmas gift ideas. And also the challenge of keeping a poinsettia alive all year. Yeah, you can do it. You don't have to throw those things away after Christmas. We talked with Walter Reeves of how to do that. So I've got the link there for you. And uh, a good resource for birds, bird food, how they like to eat, what they like to eat. I shared a link from 
Georgia State Parks that you may enjoy. That goes along kind of with the birding checklist. And I appreciate those of you that called today with your garden successes and your garden failures for 2020. We got one more show to go, and then we're in a brand new year, folks, 2021, and we can't wait. Thanks for being a part of the show, and thanks for joining me this morning. I really appreciate it. We've had a great Saturday morning, and I'll be back same time, same place, and catch me on Channel 2 Action News this morning all week long, filling in for Mark Aram with triple team traffic. It's going to be an easy traffic week, fingers crossed. Have a good Saturday. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.